Oh, it wasn't low. <laughs> That's good. Okay, cool. All right, are we we're going? We're yeah. live. We are sure. a go. Go. All right, go. Um, so. Welcome back, fans. Everyone. Welcome back. <laughs> yeah. Been a long while. Yeah. Well, we'll Hope just we we've nice opened up every podcast like that because it's always a long <laughs> while. But you know, good things come to those who wait. So if you waited and you're listening, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> um, Hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. Yes. Hope your Christmas goes well. Oh yeah, it's Thanksgiving happening already. It's, it's the holidays time. now. It has been a while. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> So today, mm-hmm. we just, Josh is drinking. I, I am drinking. I'm drinking a Costa Rica, courtesy of Cup of Joy, and, and my drinking, wallet. I'm drinking the fire, courtesy of Cup of Joy. Not decaffeinated fire. Not but, decaf fire. And if you don't know what the fire is, then one, you're missing out, but two... You won't know what the decaf fire is. <laughs> the fire is a blend from Cup of Joy coffee roasters that is delicious. The mm. tasting notes are... Chocolate, <laughs> I think. Chocolate, brown sugar, and, and syrup. Maple syrup. Maple Dark syrup. syrup. Yeah, Someone's syrup. syrup. Yeah. It used to be Jemima's, now it's someone else's. Yeah. <laughs> now it's another syrup. Log Cabin, actually, yeah, is the... Yeah, Log Cabin syrup. No. Um, those sugar-free ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, so today should be a fun episode because me and Josh were thinking um, before... We were going to record. We were like, okay, what do we bring to all the people that listen? And uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about homebrewing and um, go through the the novice brewers, uh, uh, basically Holy Bible or guide to um, making really good coffee at home, the intermediate coffee brewer, and then like the advanced. And so what, you know, what constitutes as like a uh you know for you falling into that category and you know whatever you find yourself um you know kind of searching for we should be able to answer the majority of of kind of like frequently asked questions um so just because me and josh have gotten a lot of questions from friends or family about brewing coffee and we figured we'd kind of answer some stuff on this episode so um yeah and but you know what better way to kick off the holiday season with you know like what would you buy your spouse for christmas if she wants to get into coffee or yeah you know like maybe some gift ideas we'll throw it your way yeah or if you're over at a a relative's house maybe and you're like yo all they have is this mr coffee pot how do i make good coffee like my pour over sets at home i couldn't bring it with me we got some answers for you um so First things first, we're going to start with uh, the novice brewer, and let's say you're the type of person who is, you know, using Folgers, you are using, or instant coffee, or or something really cheap, you know, Keurigs, or whatever it is, which ironically, actually, Keurigs aren't cheap, like the K-Cups are, but I don't think Keurigs are that cheap. No, they're, they're not cheap at all. Yeah. If Keurig could figure out a way to make good coffee from those machines, it would be awesome, but they have not so far. Um, so save your money. Don't buy a Keurig. You can make way better coffee with other things. Um, yeah. But, yes. Uh, Keurigs are just one of those things 
that, you know, if you're going to wake up in the morning and you work at a coffee shop and you don't feel like dialing an espresso in the morning, Keurig's a pretty nice way to go. Just pop it in, drink that stuff, get ready for work, and then you go to work and you've already got everything you need as an advanced and beyond professional barista <laughs> all at your disposal. You yeah. don't even have to worry about so it. You could just actually skip that and go to work and then drink yeah. the coffee <laughs> yeah, at work. Drink coffee which is work. essentially what me and Josh were talking yeah. about before this. We were like, yeah, we actually don't brew coffee at home. But it's not to say we don't have some awesome information for you guys. So, okay, first step I would say for the novice coffee brewer is, um, you know, I feel like I get, I'll get questions from people and that are like, Oh, like, you know, what, what should I do? I want to make like, you know, great coffee at home. Like, um, what should I buy? Like the first thing I think anyone should like buy is just really good coffee. Like Mm. that'll make it infinitely harder to screw up if you have a really good ingredient. If you think about it, like if you're cooking something, right? Like if you have a pretty good ingredient, like it's a good start, you know? Yeah. You can screw it up, but it's a lot harder too. So I would say if you have a local roaster by you, um, then definitely probably go to somewhere local and, and make sure it has like a roast date. If, if there's a roast date on the bag, you know it's probably uh, pretty good. Um, what, Brittany? Sorry, I was just wondering if we had any more retail bags in here, but we don't. Anyway. Oh, it's okay. Uh, that's it. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Brittany just wanted a cameo, so yeah. there you go. <laughs> Didn't even say hi to Annie. But we're live again, so, you know, say whatever. <laughs> Anyways, before we were really interrupted, um, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, so, yeah, if you just start with really good coffee. You want to make sure that you have um, uh, a good bag of beans and, and don't overbuy. I think some people, like, get caught in the habit of, like, even if you go to, like, Costco and get coffee or you're used to going to Walmart and getting as much as possible it's better to buy more often and buy it in lesser quantities. Just drink as much as you can. Um, like, like that makes sense. You know, don't buy like five pounds of beans because the time, by the time that you get through it, the beans will probably go stale and lose a lot of uh, flavor and nuance, you know, by the time you get to the end of the bag. Right. So just buy a 12 ounce bag. That's why a lot of coffee roasters sell in 12 ounces and you're like, what? It's like 12 ounces. Why only that? Mm-hmm. Like, just, just buy it. Just buy that and go through it and then rebuy. You know, a lot of people do subscriptions nowadays anyway, um, which is probably the most fun thing. I like to like, I used to have a subscription to a couple of different companies and it was always fun getting new coffee in the mail because it's like right when I ran out, it was like a new bag of beans was in the mail. Right. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're a like, cold brew fanatic and you love old beans. I mean, yeah. I don't even... I, yeah. I have a bag of Ethiopia that I've had for like a maybe two months that I still haven't opened that I'm like, you know what? I need to make some cold brew right now, <laughs> but it's too freaking cold outside. Yeah. So. It's, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, buy, buy really good beans. I think, and it's, you know, what's funny. I was at Target the other day mm. and they have like Intelligentsia and like Stumptown and I'm like, dude, there's like really good coffee at like the most, like, right. you know, streamlined grocery stores and like stuff now yeah. like i went to vons and there was some really good coffee i was pretty surprised i was like okay like if you're a complete novice you could totally go buy target or bonds or like something right you know to get some really good stuff and um yeah so that's a, a really good start um 
the next thing I would say, if you're trying to just up the coffee game at home, um, make sure that you have your coffee ground correctly. Mm -hmm. I think me and Josh were talking before this and one of the most important parts of brewing coffee at all, whether it's, you know, in a cafe setting or if it's just at home and you're a novice is having a, you know, a good grind setting. So if, if you don't have enough money for a grinder or you don't, um, really feel like breaking the bank because you know you're just not that into coffee just have your cafe that you buy the coffee at or you know some cafe grind it for you it's, it's better to have it ground correctly and have it pre-ground than it would be to grind it really crappy and right. you know and honestly if you want to do yourself a favor just get a hand grinder like you can get really cheap ones and we'll, we'll link it in our bio but you can get a really cheap hand grinder that does a great job like and um you know yeah. have really good coffee um but yeah i would say if you're you know looking to try something new get a fresh roasted bag of coffee uh get it pre-ground you know for whatever i'm sure any barista could help you out with you know they'll probably ask you what do you want to ground for and um you know a really good option we've kind of mentioned other podcasts is a french press like mm -hmm. if you want to make coffee you know fairly quickly and and you know make it really really good uh french press is a great way to go like you could yeah. honestly just uh brew in that steep it steep that thing four minutes ground it coarsely and, and you'll have amazing coffee yeah yeah the best thing about a french press is that you don't have to know anything at all about coffee to get a good cup of coffee out of it mm -hmm. you know i'm like i remember you know going back to the first podcast and the third or fourth one where we talk about French press, it's like, uh, it's always been my favorite brew method. It was my favorite before I knew how to make good coffee, and it's still my favorite just because of, like, the earthiness and, like, the realness of the cup, I think. Yeah, it's big body. Yeah, and then it also it also brings back memories now that I've done a lot of cuppings at the roastery. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It, it gives you a whole new outlook on what the actual coffee is. I would say if you're looking into like just getting into coffee, um, like know what you want. Like, what do you like in your everyday life? Like food wise, coffee wise, like life. Like mm -hmm. if you like an earthier coffee or if you like a brighter coffee, you know, talk to your barista. Be like, what is, you know, how can I get a more floral coffee? How can I get a more like dark roasted coffee? Because like odds are your coffee shop isn't going to have just one bean. I mean, I know us mm -hmm. at Cup Joy, we have three different kinds of coffee year-round. Yeah, some you know? some roasters, it's kind of crazy, too. Like, I've Even seen High Top of, now has, like, three or four different kinds of coffee. They have a lot, too. The yeah, there's uh, so many coffee shops I've been to that have, like, at least five or six. Like, it's yeah. pretty overwhelming. And I know that it makes it harder to buy, but as a consumer, it's kind of frustrating. But honestly, like, just ask questions to the baristas. I mean, chances are... Most baristas are pretty excited about answering those questions because yeah. no customers ask them and, you know, they'll probably be able to guide you in a pretty good direction. And yeah. it's kind of fun having those conversations and they'll probably, you know, give you some fun tidbits and stuff. So, I w yeah, I would definitely spark a conversation if you're looking to, you know, if you don't know what to buy uh, at the local roaster, just ask and be like, hey, you know, I want something darker. Or I want something um, a little bit more bold because you know that's what you're used to drinking. You want those chocolatey, chocolatey notes, nothing too acidic. Then they're probably going to refer you to a blend that they have. But 
you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I would I would roll with that and, and have them grind it for you and say, hey, I want to ground course for a French press. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's going to give you an awesome cup of coffee. And I mean, I have French press, I don't know, French press is probably like, you can get one for probably like eight bucks or something yeah. like super cheap. And like, you don't need a huge one, you know, unless yeah. you brew for like a, you know, like roommates or a family or something, like you can get a bigger one. But um yeah, and you can follow um, pretty much. It should come with like instructions. Basically, like I would probably <laughs> bet like if you go by the whole tablespoon route, like that's probably your best bet. You know, if you go a couple of tablespoons in a smaller French press just to brew for yourself, you know that that should be about enough coffee to to mm. to brew a good you know ratio and and that that's you know that kind of brings us to our next like class of individuals who really want to tinker with coffee at home um but yeah it, measure things out and in, in uh with a tablespoon that that should give you around i don't know like 18 to 20 grams of coffee which is about your standard ratio for a single brewed cup of coffee yeah yeah and don't chimp don't don't be cheap on a lot of things especially if you're just getting into it because you can resell it for a pretty pretty much the same price like it's not it's not going to go down in value it's not like if you bought you know a, a 100 dollars scale it's not you're not going to lose that 100 bucks mm-hmm. you know it's going to last you a long time especially like the akai is what we were talking about earlier yeah like if you could get a 120 dollar one like the the big fat lunar um and it'll last you forever. It's waterproof. You can weigh it out. You can weigh. You can time it all on the same machine. Like it has an app for it. it too. Yeah, it has an app. You can change the volume of the beeping. You can turn off the beeping. <laughs> you, like yeah. this whole thing is gnarly. But like, you know, if you're if you want to weigh things out, like go for it. Yeah, you know? that's I think kind of the next step to you know if you're trying to brew at home like. Like we said, you know, before, if you're if you're a novice and you're not into that, you know, fine. But you, yeah. I, you know, guaranteed it, you know, you can benefit yourself a lot by using a scale. It's yeah. one of the most important tools for coffee, I think, is using a, a a scale. And you know, you could always, you know, trick your homebrew station up with a nice scale because there's some really nice ones out there. Um, but you could totally get away with a, a cheap one as long as it measures grams by point. Um, by t- by the tenth of a gram, yeah. Um, and there's there's cheap ones out there. There's like a five dollar ones that I've seen on like um, on Amazon and stuff. Oh yeah, Amazon get. has great deals. Yeah. So you I mean if you get a scale and um, you know that's a really good tool. Uh, a scale and grinder, I would say, are probably the most important for like you know if you're getting into this this area in your life where you're like okay like i like coffee i love the local coffee shop scene like i want to brew good coffee at home how do i you know really step my game up um definitely invest into a scale a kettle and a grinder those are probably Mm -hmm. those are all tools that will last you forever and they're all really durable um so especially if you're using them at home it's not like you're gonna like you know be banging them around or anything it's something that probably stays in one corner and you just you know pop it open whenever you need it and um yeah yeah and even if you're you're especially the the super novice you can go like the cupping route and just you know pour your pour your grounds in a cup 
<laughs> yeah, cowboy coffee. Yeah, cowboy coffee it up. Yeah, you you can. You're gonna get so many more notes and flavors. Like that's one of my favorite ways anyways, to drink coffee. Honestly, yeah. like it's so nice. Yeah, I was thinking about that when I remember me and Pacer cupping one day, and I was like, you know, that's like one of my favorite ways to like experience coffee is just by like like grounds like the raw grounds and like hot water and just yeah. letting that thing steep right and because if you think about it everything's extracting evenly right you know and it, everyone loves the pour overs and like those are like the cool things to use but if you think about it it's 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 really hard to make a good pour over like yeah because because there's so many variables changing mm-hmm. and going on you have you know your temperature that you have is is constantly going down right that's the biggest fight with a drip mm-hmm. brewer like a v6 a hario v60 like that that's a pour over method um you know if you're having you have to pre-wet everything you have to throw your grounds in and then by the time your water is heated or you transfer it to a kettle your if you think about it your temperature is going down and down and down by the time it goes to the kettle yeah if it was a 205 degree setting by the time you take that 205 water to a cold kettle, it's at like 200 degrees. And by the time that water goes to the V60, it's like at 195. And mm-hmm. then by the time it's been sitting in there for like three minutes, it's at like 180 and you've just lost right. a bunch of consistency. You're better off brewing something really easily by just steeping it, you know? Yeah, steeping and boiling water. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, water off the boil is probably your best bet. You know, I, I think it's... It's been this like myth in the industry that like 195 is like the best brew temperature, like 200 degrees or 205. Like, yeah. it all depends on you know. There's what you're doing. There's so many variables. This gets us into our advanced topic. Like, yeah, like your your variables now are going to be your grinder. What setting do you have it at? If you want to learn different cuppings, like different cupping grinding sizes, it's going to be. You know, every size is going to be totally different. Flavor notes are coming out. Like, yeah. roast profiles are going to be different. Like, everything changes, like, with, like, the tenth of a grind size change. Yeah, like, like, if you... And that's that's kind of the fun part about tinkering around if you're, you know, somebody who really likes to homebrew. I think that's why getting a good grinder is really important. So, there's really... Uh, a great step would be the Barata Encore that's what a lot of home brewers and baristas usually buy for home um, because it's a, a burr grinder. And if you ever have like, or see people with like those whirly blade grinders, probably not the best bet to like really control your vari- variables because what happens is that propeller grinder will grind coffee um, in big chunks and really, really fine chunks. And that's not good. Um, there's some coffee hacks like that I've figured out how to make that work, but you're better off saving your time and like just in, invest your money into like a, you know, some kind of a burr grinder, whether that's a hand grinder, Hario makes some, um, the Hario Slim is a model that's like a really good cheap grinder that you yeah. can get good pour over. Super popular with. right now. Yeah. The, there's really nice hand grinders that can do like espresso i just found one that's called the commandante it's like Mm -hmm. a it's a grinder out of germany i believe and it's like this like really hard steel that's basically like it goes all the way to espresso level and it can extract like 
as good as a cafe grinder. It's pretty insane. That's awesome. Yeah, I I, I saw a Chris Baca video about it. He did like a review on it, and he pulled espresso out of the shop, and he was like, it literally tastes exactly like our grinders that we have that are like three thousand dollars. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that's so cool. It's pretty cool. Um. So yeah, if you're you know looking to step up your game as like one of those intermediate brewers, uh, definitely get a grinder, and play with the settings. You know, if you're gonna do a V60. You know, play with the fineness, play with your time and your brew ratio. Those are the things you probably want to learn if you're trying to, like, get a better consistent cup at home. Um, always follow a recipe that's either a 1 to 15, 1 to 16, or 1 to 17. That's a pretty basic guide as to what's going to taste the best. Um, and that's um, that's coffee to, to water. So 1 gram of coffee to 15 grams of water um and if you just multiply you know the grounds of coffee the grounds of coffee the the grams of coffee um then you'll get your water dose um and you just if you have that scale you put that exact amount of water in and you'll get a really good cup Mm -hmm. and you can do it day in day out if you have a scale because then you know every time okay i've done this and this tasted really good yesterday you can do it tomorrow you know you don't have to like guess yeah (laughs) which is what you know that's the problem with trying to just eyeball how much coffee you put into something or do like the tablespoon thing like you know that's that's what's going to give you some inconsistency so you know if you get a scale in a grinder you'll you'll definitely be able to dial in a really really good cup of coffee um yeah and that you know that sounds like a lot of this when you start talking about it it sounds overkill but it's really not that hard like it just it's just a lot of terms and like moving parts you would think about but you know it's really not that hard you know you there's great great videos on youtube about it too like um Scott Rayo is a really great resource. He has a V60 method. So if you were to type in Scott Rayo, R-A-O, um, V60 brew method, he has this video where he basically explains what's happening in that brewer and why he's brewing it the way he's doing it. Basically, you're fighting against time and temperature to get a, the best brewed cup. And he explains how to do that really consistently and really easily. It's basically one big pour and you do a little spin with your, your uh, brew device and you get a really uh, evenly extracted cup of coffee. Um, and it's, it's pretty, honestly, pretty straightforward. So I think that'll definitely up your game if you've kind of been in search for like the next step in your homebrew uh uh, workflow. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on uh, like espresso made from like an AeroPress? Yeah, uh, it's possible. Again, it comes down to your grinder. You got to have a really good grinder for it because espresso can be really finicky just mm-hmm. because the littlest of changes in the grind setting is going to open up a whole new set of flavors, kind of like what you were talking about before. Um, yeah, I would say it's totally doable. There's a, um, a product called the, um, oh gosh, what is it called? Uh, Fellow, Fellow, um, that's the name of the company that makes the product, but it's, 
Um, basically, if you've ever seen those really like sexy matte black like kettles <laughs> or like the matte white ones now that they've just released, like um, they're like five million dollars. Yeah, they're like hundred and forty <laughs> bucks for like a kettle. Yeah, it's stupid, <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, they're nice, but like I'm not about to break the bank for that. Um, and we're not that advanced. Either. Yeah, like it, we're just not that rich. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it, so the that company makes basically a little um, attachment that goes on the bottom of your AeroPress. And me and Josh have talked about the AeroPress before in other podcasts, so um, refer back to those older ones. Um, we talk about brew methods, um, if you don't know what we're talking about. But uh, basically, you lock it on to your, the bottom of your AeroPress, and there's this like um, valve on it that it allows the pressure um, of the plunger to just act as a piston uh like an espresso machine so if you've seen the aeropress before it's like two parts right there's a plunger and then there's the, the brew chamber you would put your espresso ground coffee in there have that attachment on the bottom that seals that valve and then you would plunge really hard and they give you a brew recipe i believe um that works really well uh in, in the little product if you order it like on I think it's, it's probably on Amazon or um, on their website if you go to fellow uh, fellow.com um, but yeah it's uh, it's really cool they, it brews really good espresso there's been a, a few people that re- have reviewed it on like YouTube like coffee um, channels and they say it brews really good espresso um, and I mean it's it's cheap like it it'll last you forever you can travel with it and you know the aeropress i've already vouched for before it's great it's i mean it's just really well engineered it's not really too complex it's just plastic but like it's just it brews really really good coffee um yeah and that kind of like bridges the gap into the the next set of people who uh want to do that espresso thing at home um it's a <laughs> It can be quite the journey to like do espresso at home and it, it's a lot of work, which is why I don't even worry about it. Like I don't like to brew espresso at home just because I don't want to dial in and it's, it, you know, I'll just go down this rabbit hole. But, but, you know, for the people that really enjoy that, like it's possible. There, there's totally affordable ways to make espresso at home. There's affordable ways to have froth milk at home as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were trying to we were trying to come up with the best way to describe how to do like a latte out at home, and we just started watching these YouTube videos, and it was like, oh my gosh, these people went to like the most extreme thing to like make really good latte art, and it's totally possible. Yeah, like if we if we we look at it like a Breville system, you know, their espresso machines, you can it's basically just gonna froth your milk if you aren't you know. If it's because the pressure on it isn't high enough really to get the best milk quality, mm-hmm. it'll give you pretty good. But right. it, 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 like, we had a friend that used to work with us, and you know, she's a barista, so she kind of like she has experience with steaming, so she'll be able to use it a lot better than your average home brewer. But, um, you know, she still had some issues. She was saying, like, yeah, the pressure's not great, like, how do I get it heated up in time before? you know it's it's just this like blobby you yeah. know milk i don't want mess. my shot to die i don't want my yeah. milk to be gross yeah like, exactly yeah so it, it's you know one little hack that 
that we kind of when we were watching these videos was it's pretty clever. So there's if you if you took a like a I mean what well, you could use your stove, but uh, even if you have like a little portable uh, heat pad that you could um, use like a, like a burner, um, if you heat up milk and you, if you have like a little thermometer, heat it up to around 150, 140 degrees Fahrenheit, um, that's going to give you a really good milk temperature. It is, once that milk's heated up, dump it into a, a French press and put the plunger in um and go and literally just like go up and down and like basically you're, you'll you'll froth it with the plunger and give it this really silky texture that you would get just as good as steaming from like a commercial machine it's kind of unreal me and josh were like watching and we're like no way that guy gets a latte art and he yeah. like could pour rosetta and a tulip with it um you know all you have to have is a, a milk pitcher which those are cheap you can get some for like five bucks or something on like again amazon or yeah. you know any you know any coffee like coffee uh e-commerce store um but yeah like it, the milk game is like you know lots of art eh, that's a that's a like a whole other thing like that's just going to take repetition and it's it's really hard to do if you're just watching youtube videos right or if you've never made latte art before I yeah mean, like, like it's yeah, it's tough for, for me going back to when i got hired like uh, the the CFO that was here uh, texted me and was like, "Hey man, like, we really like, enjoyed your interview, but like, I'm gonna need to see if you can do latte art at home, and like, you know, see if I had like initiative to do it." And I was like, "He yeah, said okay. that to you?" Yeah. And oh I was my like, god. I was like, uh, "That's really hard." He couldn't even do it. Yeah, not <laughs> at all. And I was like, uh, "Yeah, okay, man, I'll see what I can do." So I just started watching all these videos, and like, everybody was just saying, "Use a French press, like, just." plunge the crap out of this milk, mm -hmm. heat it up in a microwave, just make sure it doesn't explode, like, yeah. you know, kind of a thing. And I was like, well, this is ridiculous. Like, yeah. no, how does anybody do this? Yeah. And so, like, you know, maybe I'll link some some photos in the description, but it was like, <laughs> I just, like, had no idea. I started watching all these videos. I started, like, trying to, like, get a base, and it was, like, just froth, and it was, like, <laughs> it was, like, 500% foam, like 0% milk, you know, it was just yeah. like this nasty, bubbly, like, thing. It didn't taste bad. Yeah. You know, it doesn't taste bad. It's hot milk and it's not bad with espresso. But yeah, like, I was going to say, that's I also that... didn't have espresso. I just made, like, a pot oh, of coffee yeah. and yeah. I, like, poured a little bit in. I was like, that's about it. And like, <laughs> I just, like, poured this, like, yeah. and I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know how to pour. I didn't even have a pitcher, so I just used the little tip of the French press to, like, pour this thing. <laughs> but, like, the tip on a French press is, like, it is kind of like it's, It doesn't really work at all. Like, yeah. you can get a little bit, but... I didn't know how to pour anything. Yeah. I didn't know what I was but looking respect for. for the hustle. And so, like, sure. I, I tried, like, three or four times. And my downfall, I think, was not only did I not know what I was doing, but I also used, a, like, a 20-ounce mug that I had. And so it was just, like, I over-frothed milk. I had, like, <laughs> just everything that went wrong went wrong. And then I, like, ended up pouring, like, random stuff. And then I just tried to make it look like I knew what I was doing. Josh was, like, so, stirring like, it up with yeah. spoons and trying to make <laughs> and it just, look pretty. And, and like, so there's one that, like, looked like a, like a tree. And I was, like, see, this it's one's called tree. the tree. <laughs> and then, like, I just made up crap. And then he was, like, wow, that... 
I'm surprised you could even do that. And I was like, he's like, oh, you actually did it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, me too, man. <laughs> like, I don't know I would ever do it again. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're going to go through hell for this. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the other thing too is, I mean, lots of the art, best pro tip I have for you is just learn how to do a heart. There's great YouTube videos mm-hmm. on that too. And we'll, we'll try to link as many videos this episode as we can. Um, but if you go to, uh, uh, just YouTube, if you literally YouTube latte art tutorial, you'll you'll probably get some good videos. Chris Baca has a bunch mm. um, of videos that he's done on latte art. That great, guy. great guy, Solid great guy, literally he is a great guy. I've talked to him like, and I was lit up like a little schoolgirl when I was talking to him. <laughs> but he really is just the he's the best. Uh, excuse my language, uh, but yes, yeah, so. Latte art isn't as important. I mean, if you didn't know how to do latte art and you just had that milk, you know, with espresso, mm-hmm. it'll taste delicious. Like, it'll still taste really good. Um, and that, you know, espresso obviously is a key component to, you know, deep diving into that home espresso game. Uh, again, if you really want to make great espresso, you, you have to have a good grinder. It, it just, you can't get around it. That's something that you can't do cheap. Um, if you want to get into espresso, it's really hard to do that very cheap. Um, you're better off spending, if you have a, a budget you're thinking of, if your budget's, let's say a thousand dollars, spend the majority of it on a grinder mm-hmm. and then, um, leave the rest, uh, for, for the espresso machine because, you want to have as much control over your grind setting as possible because that's going to dial in your espresso. Um, and the same, you know, same rules apply. You you really want a uh, a recipe. So if you're gonna, let's say you have an espresso machine at home and and you you're like, okay, what do I do with it now? Get a good recipe. And usually the bag of coffee that you have or the baristas that you you know bought the coffee from. Uh, can tell you what they dial in at and just ask them, they, hey, how many grams of coffee do you put in the porter filter? Right. How many grams of coffee should I expect out and how many seconds? Right. And that's what you want to kind of gauge yourself off of. Um, and yeah, I mean, there, there's, again, there's tons of videos out there that'll kind of show you how to dial in a shot of espresso, but you just got to remember to weigh everything, use a scale, um, follow a recipe. Usually espresso recipes run from a one to one ratio to some people get into one to three, but that's kind of like, I don't know, that's kind of a lot, that's a stretch. Uh, One to two if you're doing like a single origin thing. Mm -hmm. Um, One to 1.25 is pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. it just I was, depends. I was on gonna say because like you feel, you know. Yeah, like you, I mean, a lot of cafes, if they're doing something for milk, you know, you want to have a, a chocolatey espresso that blends really well with milk, mm. and you know, like Verve does like a one to one point five ratio. Uh, the majority of cafes are running about. That's kind of what Cup of Joy is at around that. Um, but it's a. You know, it's a whole ordeal, but it's fun. I mean, if you if you're really into that and you like dialing in at home, then play with it. You know, if you get a great grinder, um, Baratza, they have um, they have that encore like I was saying earlier. But that you can maybe get espresso out of. It's not the the best for espresso, but 
if you spend a little bit more money, they have a, you know, a pretty awesome like set of grinders that can do some really good home espresso. Um, I would probably use that company. That's probably one of the best I've seen. Uh, that Commandante grinder I was talking about earlier, the hand one. Mm. I mean, you're going to be cranking for a while if you're doing it by hand, but it gives you like cafe quality espresso, which is pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, if you're just going for like the typical pour over a French press or something, like you don't need a, a that intense of a like grinder, but you're still going to need a nice one. Like, yeah. Try to get something that's pretty versatile. Yeah. Which is where the... You know, if you were to buy one of those cheaper hand grinders, like those will totally do the job. Yeah. They can usually go coarse enough for a French press and then fine enough for like a filter coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you don't need like a cafe style one that can do, you know, Turkish coffee on one side and like whole bean on the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and like goes to the shoot. Yeah. I think um, shaves off a little chaff, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The the best, honestly, I think the companies that are doing really awesome things with espresso that aren't commercial uh, machines are Breville and a company called Decent Espresso. Uh, Breville has a ton of different options. So they have their like expensive ones that are like the like the Breville Oracle Touch, I think. I think that's their espresso yeah, one. Yeah, I think that's the new one, right? Yeah. Or one of the newer ones? I believe, yeah. I believe that's the espresso one because they have batch brewers too. But anyway, uh, look at Breville. They have, I think one of our coworkers got one for like $500, like, which is, yeah. I guess, again, it sounds like a lot, but not not if you're getting into espresso. That's yeah, really Yeah, not cheap. if you're getting like a La Marzocco Lydia Mini that's $5,000. Yeah, I mean? I mean, and the, the Lydia Mini will do, you're going to get just as good espresso out of the breville that's five hundred dollars if you have a really good grinder like so that's why i say spend most of your money on a grinder and not the machine um and it, it'll it'll be fun it, it'll be a cool little uh way to tinker with things um the decent espresso machines those are the coolest thing ever because they're basically a computer mm-hmm. like it's like the the tesla of of espresso machines because they do um they basically have this whole community of people like because it comes with an ipad on top of an espresso machine that's what it looks like (laughs) it's pretty cool looking but they have a community of people that like give ratios and like you can like tap into this community of homebrewers that are like oh try this with your machine do this and like you can program it to do like a certain brew ratio and like use six bars or nine bars or like it'll do pressure profiling and it's it's just really cool. If you really want to tinker around, like I would definitely suggest to get one of those. They have a base model that's like I want to say like two grand, I believe, mm-hmm. maybe a little under two grand. Again, that sounds like a lot, but I mean, if you're really about that life, then like that thing will last you forever. Especially because they do um, uh, software updates, so. If you're investing now, you know, you're going to be able to get your system a lot better because they do firmware and and all that kind of stuff. And you can, you know, essentially just upgrade your espresso machine via uh, USB, which is pretty freaking cool. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's pretty sweet for (laughs) it'll it'll that will for sure give you cafe quality espresso. Like, you know, that's going to give you like the, you know, the tip top, like all the barista champions, like 
the company owner like has basically interviewed all kinds of barista champions and that Scott Rayo guy is a, is a, a co-owner of the, the company. Um, they do a bunch of like research into espresso. That's like ridiculous. So, I mean, obviously they've put a bunch of time and effort into the company. They'll probably make a really great cup of coffee, um, or cup of Demitas of espresso. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy. The world of coffee, like how far you can dive into it. Like, you really can like espresso opens up a whole new layer of things, but, um, you know, it, it's just, it's just, there's so many things that can go into it. And I can see from a consumer side of things after talking about all this, how it can get really confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially the intro level. Yeah. I mean, it's like, Like, where do you start? Like, do you need to buy a hundred dollar grinder? Do you not? Like, I mean, that's why me and Josh did this episode because it's all personal preference, but also contact your, your local, you know, coffee roaster or your local coffee shop. Like somebody's going to be doing a cupping soon, you know, like whether it's us, whether it's high top, like I know high top's doing like, what is it? Weekly or monthly? I think they do it every Saturday, every Saturday, every Saturday they do a cupping. So if you, even if you don't like their coffee or even like, you know, whatever your stance is on other companies, like as if, <laughs> as if Cup of Joy is the only one you know of, but mm-hmm. like, um, like they're going to teach you how to do a cupping. They're going to teach you what you want to look for in a coffee. Like, don't be afraid. Like they're going to be there to help you. Like everybody in the coffee world is here to help. Like nobody is yeah evil like this isn't the bay okay we're not here to kick you out of our <laughs> shop and like get you going like everybody in the central valley especially is like we're so excited we're, about we're the coffee about scene because yeah. there's like there's only people who are passionate about it here. yeah like and, and they're starbucks i think that's the cool part is like especially with how empty the coffee market is here like just it's such a tight-knit community yeah supporting local is the biggest like benefactor of of the industry like yeah if you were to you know buy from your local roaster like one that's going to mean a lot to them because mm-hmm. you know the more people that get interested in coffee and you know don't just give into convenience um you know the, the more you can kind of you know poke your head into different shops around like the better you know the more shops that start opening it's going to be better for all uh, of the roasters and, and cafes around because you want good competition. Like, you know, I think the, that's one of the most fun things is, you know, having options like that. You know, it's like, if not, if not cup of joy, then high top, if not high top, then the review, if not the review, then too sweet. Like, yeah, it's, it's cool to have options and it'll, you know, all you want to see these cafes thrive, but you want to see more, um, more people doing things and, and opening businesses, it's going to really help the community. And I think that's like one of the most important things about diving into, you know, if you're going to buy coffee, like shoot, man, like skip, skip Walmart and Costco and go to your local place. Like that's going to one taste a heck of a lot better Two, right. It'll be probably a better experience. And three, you'll be, you know, contributing to a community vibe. That's going to be really cool. Yeah. You know, yeah, and it all it always comes down back to you, the individual. Like it always comes down to taste. Like, you know, if you if you like your coffee lighter, if you like your coffee darker, if you just want a cup of coffee in the morning that's gonna be black, no flavor, you just need caffeine for the day, you know, keep going to Americana. Keep getting your Kirkland coffee, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like Yeah. 
if you're no, if you're really diving into the coffee scene, or even if you're just like, I'm sick and tired of having coffee that just tastes gross every morning. Like I want something better. Like why, why have I lived my life this long getting coffee that just tastes bad? Like if you're making coffee and it tastes bad, like it it shouldn't taste bad. Like it's uh, it's really easy to get all, it to yeah. taste good. <laughs> yeah, it's really easy. You just have to know grind size is a huge factor. Water level is a huge factor. Water temperature is a huge factor. Yeah. And once you like start going to cuppings or you start like just experimenting with what you think might be better, like you can you can slowly tell what is like what factor is going to change what type of like taste you're going for. Yeah. Like you like if I have a shot and it's like over extracted or whatever, like you'll know the second that like smell is there or like the second it tastes like hits your tongue you'll know if it's over extracted under extracted or like somebody's tamp was too hard or like you had way too much coffee going in or not enough coffee going out or like maybe the espresso machine exploded halfway through like you can taste it you know what i mean (laughs) yeah i think that's the fun part about experimenting because you, you start to you know it's it's a really like it's a fun path to go down because you just start learning and you just want to know more. You know, I've known so many people that have gotten into coffee and it's just like to see them really start to explore and be like, Oh my gosh, like what about this? And you know, like this. And uh, I mean, how do you brew this? And it's just like, it's a fun thing to see someone like go down that path of like exploration. And, uh, you start to appreciate a lot more, like a lot uh, or, other industries like yeah i i'm starting to get into like wine now because my parents are both like really big wine drinkers and like i know (laughs) so bougie but um (laughs) it's funny like there's so many similarities and coffee coffee especially is is very similar to wine and the way that you analyze it and the way you know the milling process and, and the you know growing of the crop like it's pretty cool and so it you know it'll open up your eyes and to appreciate other industries as well if you you know you kind of yeah i would even venture to say it'll help you appreciate life more you know i, I mean, would definitely agree with that like, coffee shops have changed my life that's for dang sure like, you, you know especially with just the experimentation of it all you know <laughs> as we keep going back to it's like you know if you're living your life every day you know let's say you're the kirkland drinker like mm-hmm. your life's not going to change you're not going to find anything better you're not going to like you know you're not going to experience anything mm-hmm. experience experiment pretty close you know <laughs> but like <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah especially like shout out to the lit squad again right like <laughs> annie and Alyssa, they both left the coffee scene for a hot minute right and then both of them were craving to come back because it's one of those things where it's like it's a controlled experiment but you're going to get something different every time like, yeah it's one of those things where like Annie went, she moved out, she was going to work at Blue Bottle, didn't happen, now she's at Verve, and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm making coffee again, I miss this, like, yeah. all these things. And she then, found a new community, which is really cool, I mean, she yeah. was, a, I think, that's the best part about, you know, like, all these variables and tastes and grand settings and machines aside, like, I mean, coffee just opens up a whole new world of connection that's, like, it's just a beautiful thing, I think, you know, I developed a passion for coffee and never in a million years did I think I would get into coffee. I didn't drink coffee growing up. I didn't care about it. I like it just, but I've met some of the most, 
um, amazing friends through coffee. Like I, you know, people all know the rest of my life. Um, we've reconnected. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, really though, like me and Josh used to live next to each other growing up and like we, we only started talking to each other again because we became coworkers, you know, and yeah. cup of joy was like a, you know, the vessel to connect us. And it, it's just crazy. Like coffee's a, a cool thing. Like interacting with people at a cafe is a, it, it's always a fun event. And I feel like if you ask like cafe owners, like that's like the cliche answer to why they start something like connecting the community. And it's like, as cliche as it is, like it's cliche for a reason. It, it's, right. it's true. Like coffee really does connect a lot of people. You know, it's coffee's always the meeting place for an important conversation or like a happy time or like, right. you know, if it's your consistent, a little workplace or studying spot like it's just, it's always a a really fun thing to to use the the local cafe as as a you know this kind of hub yeah um, and even if you want to even if you don't want to make coffee you know like let's say you yeah just let them be, make it yeah let's say you just want to be a part of the coffee scene or you just want to work for a coffee company because you think it might be cool no matter what position you get, I would venture to say that anywhere in a coffee company, like everybody is going to be passionate. Everybody's going to be like towards the same goal. Uh, maybe that's because everybody's like on coffee. Yeah. Know, they're on their <laughs> caffeine high during the day, every day. But that aside, like everybody's there for a common goal, you know, like mm-hmm. especially I've only heard horror stories from other companies, like especially because we've told you horror stories from other companies, like, coffee shops are the place to go to where you know you're gonna get everyone with the same goal the same passions the same like dreams and desires like whether they're the exact same ones or whether it's just like the general concept is the same it's gonna be pretty close i was gonna say some of my like not as fun days at my job at a coffee shop have rivaled some of my best days at any other job like it's so true the 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 best of times (laughs) Like, I'm not saying everyone should be a barista, but at the same time, like, just understanding that even if you're not, you know, you want to be a barista, like, you know, being connected into the community, like, you're going to have, it'll instantly make your day better. Like, I I just, I guarantee it. It's always a fun thing to be, like, to feel like you're wanted and to feel like you belong somewhere and kind of like, you know, Josh was saying to, you know, to have a common goal and like, that's always a really fun thing. I mean... It's just it's it's a it's an awesome awesome vibe and uh, yeah drink more coffee and uh, be yeah. a barista yeah live local buy local <laughs> yeah shop local man. <laughs> yeah. do it all those things all our small business owners will really appreciate it <laughs> yeah. um, all right cool well we've talked to you for like an hour yeah. and. Um, we had a great time. Yeah, and we gave you great life advice, so really take it to heart. Yeah, coffee advice, life advice. I mean, we know everything. You eat, so. Basically. And if we don't know it, YouTube knows it. Exactly. That's And Amazon will have and it. And Amazon. That's Amazon will have another it. Important YouTube lesson. knows it. And if they don't, we do. So. Yes, exactly. So keep listening. If you're listening, if you've still hung around our inconsistent podcasting, <laughs> you are the... You're a saint. You are a saint. You are the best... <laughs> fan um and i'm talking to you annie (laughs) (laughs) just kidding but shout out to annie for always listening she's the best 
So uh, we wish you a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, if you're uh, not a Christmas person. Yeah, if you're not it, a holiday person, have a good one. It may be 2019 by the next time we podcast, so. Yeah, and if it is, we better hope it's a good next year. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll catch you guys later. Okay, bye.